Hi everyone and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee podcast, kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and Fix This Next free online business assessment, enabling you to pinpoint what your business needs you to fix next. Business tips to help you level up and scale up. Simon here from Sterling Coaching and welcome to this podcast episode in which I'm joined by uh, Cindy Thomason. I was just trying to read my writing there. Cindy Thomason, who is from Bookskeep. Uh, Cindy, good to have you with us. You've been in business six years and have a team of 22 people. Tell the listeners a little bit more about you and the business. Okay. Well, I created the business um, about six years ago. Uh, We I had been doing some consulting with friends and about that time working in, um, in my friend's business, I realized that I was helping her with accounting and the accounting world was changing quite rapidly. And the, um, uh, QuickBooks online, uh, framework was, was really being beefed up and introduced. And during this time, I was also homeschooling my daughter. She's 22 now, but um, she had dyslexia. And we just didn't have the resources in our location to get her the tutoring that she needed. So I needed something flexible where I could take her um, to her tutoring, which was about two hours away. And so um, I just, the light bulb went off. I thought, you know, I could do this for other people. And so I just started building up my client base Um, initially I built it up, uh, with folks that were more local to me. Um, but through my relationship with Mike McCallowitz, uh, I became a a profit first professional and, um, have really, um, focused on the e-commerce niche. And so the business Ah. has changed over that time, but we, we focus on, uh, working with e-commerce clients, uh, around the globe. So that's our, that's our, uh, focus at the moment. And it's what really has accelerated our growth. Yeah. And and I'll probably ask you a little bit more about the, the reason to niche and the benefit of niching a little bit later, later on. So the two hours to drive for tutoring, I mean, that's, that's quite a drive to, to go and get tutoring for your daughter. So I can see there why you needed that that space to be able to to do that yeah the um the local we we live in a rural area in uh, northwest arkansas and the school system here is fine if you're you know kind of a traditional student but for students that have some disabilities and it's changed over the years i think it's better now but for students with disabilities the closest tutor i could find was two hours away wow and it's interesting you say QuickBooks. I use QuickBooks. I'm a big fan of QuickBooks. And of course, we have Xero, uh, another platform. Sage, I think, of uh, here in the UK have been really behind the, the cloud-based online accounting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it's interesting that you think that these platforms that we all hear of, and you know, many of us use, many of the listeners will use these platforms, we think they've been online for a lot longer than six years. It seems an eternity ago since we were, you know, looking at these sort of things going online. But yeah, yeah. it's not that it's not that far ago, is it? It's not. I remember the, um, when I was launching my business, uh, QuickBooks decided to have a their first ever conference, and they invited accountants and bookkeepers and entrepreneurs out to mm. uh, San Jose for QuickBooks Connect. And I remember going to that first meeting, and they they had that a uh, luncheon for us. 
and the the VPs presented um, their vision for growing QuickBooks Online, and there was this, <laughs> it was just this groundswell of people who were so um, devoted to desktop that yeah. uh, you know it, you would it was just this division in the or you know in the community that was there that you can't do this you can't do this and you um and at that time to be fair quickbooks online was not a very robust program yeah. um they they've really made so many improvements but um i i just <laughs> i remember thinking yeah. oh my gosh why would you want to be married to a desktop the, to me the whole <laughs> benefit was the online yeah. program as exactly. rudimentary as it was and then a year later i went back for the second quickbooks connect they didn't even have a conversation about desktop it was clear they had moved on everything yeah. was online and and the, yeah. the product has just improved yeah. over time so before we go on to the coffee questions and tea questions how are you drinking tea there <laughs> i've got to ask a question because my my bookkeeper wouldn't uh, forgive me if i didn't ask this he's a quickbooks certified person whatever you call them uh, and he is so keen to travel from the uk to quickbooks connect uh, once we can and once we can travel, certainly out of the UK anyway, uh, worth its time, worth the worth the journey? Absolutely. Uh, and this year, of, they had it online, um, and I was afraid they weren't going to have it at all. Every year at the end, they would always um, want us to pre-buy our tickets. And a year or two years ago, they did not sell tickets at the end they did not ask uh -huh. for would you be coming back type of commitment yeah i was really concerned they weren't going to have it and then last minute it seemed like they popped up and said okay we are going to do something and it's going to be uh virtual and yeah. you know it's just really hard when you work virtually to make that time to, yeah. to attend a, a course so i didn't i didn't get to any of it but i really did miss it i i just got so much learning from from not the, only the presenters, but the people that you would you would meet in the yeah. session. And that's uh, from, what he's looking forward to. Yeah. And the vendors, yeah. you know, everybody's there. You can just go from one vendor to another and 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 get exposed to things that um, you didn't even know existed. How do you go search for something if you don't know it's no. this? But you can walk down a, a, the corridor and find um, tools that uh, can really benefit you. And so yeah. I, I did miss it this year. I, I hope they will revive it. Yeah, yeah well, it's clear a couple of years ago, they probably knew what was coming more than we knew. And that's why they weren't selling tickets. <laughs> Who knew? If they did, they might yeah. need to yeah. prognosticate the stock market or yeah. something. Yeah, more conspiracy than we can shake a stick at, as we yeah, say. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so think about what we're drinking today. Let's let's. I mean, I've got my coffee. As I was saying, I've just had a delivery of some caramel syrup. I've never had caramel syrup uh, at home before, so I've got my my black coffee with a, a shot of caramel syrup. What are you drinking today, Cindy? And and why? Why that particular drink? I am drinking. Um, it's, it's made by Harney and Sons. It's a tropical green tea, and mm. um, it's got this really uh, great pineapple flavor to it. It just kind of, um, kind of a nice little smell of pineapple as you drink it. It, um, and I drink it just black. I don't put anything in it, and um, yeah. and yeah. I don't know. It, it's it's light. It's and it's yeah. refreshing. Uh, it, it is refreshing, um, but it's um, it's also 
a little bit satisfying because of the flavor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I think some of us have drinks for hydration, some of them out of habit, but very often it's those little nuances in the drinks, those little flavors, mm-hmm. you know, like you know, I love gingerbread, but I love it as a treat. I wouldn't like to have it in my drink all the time, but it's just having that little treat and just feeling a little bit special because I've just had a little bit of gingerbread in my coffee. So uh, yeah. yeah, I can yeah. understand that. So what, what's your favorite drink? What, what do you like to have during the day and, and how, do you, how do you drink that? You know, how do you take that? Well, I also drink this tropical green tea um, cold. So I brew it, um, I brew a, about a two liter pitcher every day and yeah. um, serve it over ice. Being in the uh, southern part of the United States, uh, we like our uh, iced tea. Yeah. Um, I've gone away from the sweet tea, which is what's traditional here, but, yeah. um, but drinking, and I think that's one reason I, I like this cold is it, it's got enough flavor to it that it, um, it, it, um, it makes me feel like I'm having a treat, like you said. Yeah. It, it's interesting. I know the listeners, uh, if you listen to other podcasts, you'll hear me talk about iced coffee. And uh, yesterday I recorded a session with a guy in Northern Ireland. And yeah, I said, you know, iced coffee, you like iced coffee? That normally comes from people who are in heat. <laughs> and he said, oh, yeah, I started drinking it in Florida. So, I, okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But you're right. You know, I, tea, for me, is very easy to drink hot or cold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and over ice, you know, uh, I've, you know, I've had iced tea over here, you know, for quite some years. But yeah, the iced coffee, some listeners will disagree with me, but iced coffee, I just don't quite get. But iced tea, I'm certainly with you on that. And it's a, it's a much more refreshing drink uh, when it's cold as well. I traveled um, to Canada um, back a couple of years ago, and um, we stopped at a convenience store that for gas and then also went. I, re- I went in to get something to drink and mm-hmm. it had a McDonald's in it. I'm like, okay, I'll just get a, a, a tea here. So mm-hmm. I asked them for an iced tea and they gave me a thermos cup with a bag of tea and hot water and then a cup of ice. Okay. Yeah. Well, if we get time, I might sh- remind me at the end, I might share another story about uh, Canada and something we ordered in Canada. Not that we're saying anything about Canadians, but yeah, sometimes I think around the world, di- people's different perceptions of drinks mm-hmm. and food uh, are quite unique, aren't they? Yeah, for sure. So, so thinking about your business and, you know, before we started the recording, you were giving me a, an, an insight into the, the work that you've done and being coached by Mike McCallowitz, which I'm very jealous of, by the way. I, I love Mike and his energy that he brings. What's been the latest or most significant thing that you've fixed in your business? I can see there, for those of you who are obviously listening to this on audio, she's got a couple of Fix This Next books behind you, Cindy. So what, what's been the most significant or the latest thing that you've fixed? The thing that, um, that actually uh, we fixed th- through the coaching with Mike that we're still fixing is um, linchpin redundancy. Um, as we have grown we realized that we had, um, we were hiring primarily for the bookkeeping talent. And so there was, you know, plenty of talent there to, if, if one person were sick or needed to be out, they could switch clients and help yeah. each other. But as we started to develop uh, our leadership team, our marketing uh, team, we just did not have um, people in place 
excuse me, to, um, to backfill should someone be sick or take a vacation or something like that. So um, that's what we started working on. Um, We pretty much have it. um, We pretty much have it in place for the leadership team. There's still one position where we're starting to, to um, work with our salesperson to get somebody trained in sales. Um, But the, in realizing how um, how important that is, we're starting to see other opportunities for creating some cross training in the organization. So, um, our marketing we've got two part time marketing people, and it it just became obvious to us that we need those two people to be kind of interchangeable, um, yeah. so that um, should one of them be out uh, for whatever reason. Uh, the other one could be uh, able to step in and help out. So we've just started that initiative actually this, this week uh, um, started working with them. So it's the kind of thing when I read the book, I'm like, Oh yeah, that's what we'll work on this quarter. We'll check it off. Um, And it's like a year and a half later and we're still trying to get it all done, you know? And it's a bit like a a huge iron bridge. You get to one end of it after painting it. And by the time you get to the end, (laughs) you've got to go back to the beginning and start again. And certainly in my business, I found that. It's interesting you mentioned linchpin redundancy because you, know, you gave us an overview at the beginning of starting your business because of that lifestyle and that balance that you you wanted. And I think you know linchpin redundancy is so essential to that. How, how has that helped other people in the business? Have they seen a realization of that benefit as well? I think so. And I and and the other benefit has been by training somebody else to do their job, they realized where the holes in their process were and um, just that things weren't as, even though they had made an attempt to have things documented, things weren't as ready to just be picked up and, and handled by somebody else because by teaching somebody else, you become more aware of uh, where those holes exist. So yeah. that's been a benefit to the business, but I do know that the, um, the team members have enjoyed feeling like they could take a vacation and not be married to their email the whole time they were away and yeah. um, just really being able to take a, a real break. Yeah. And what kind of difference has it made to you working on this? And, you know, how has it been for, for you as the, the sort of the, the leader in the business? What difference has it made? Well, with... Um, we started this, my husband and I uh, work in the business together and probably three or four years ago through coaching with Mike on clockwork, he, um, he made it very clear we needed to have a four week vacation and that mm-hmm. that would be a test for our systems. So my husband and I, um, we, we were made redundant very early on because we, yeah. we needed to be able to leave the business. So um, so that was a huge change for us. And it really, it really gave us the ability to work on the business because we weren't so tied up in production and, um, and sales and marketing. And so it, yeah. that was the first thing. And it, it really wasn't tied so much to linchpin redundancy at the time, but it definitely, um, is a, a factor when you think about it from the fix this next perspective. So we had already done that and, and that made a huge difference for us. And yeah. I think it 
in addition to just the personal time to get away from the business, it built up our team's confidence that they could um, they could handle things if we're not yeah. here. And yeah. so that confidence was there. But then when we read Fix This Next and, and worked with Mike, it became clear that those people were in fact running the business now and we needed to have that same level of redundancy for them. So yeah. um, okay. it's so been... I'm been a great growing process yeah. I'm, I'm going to ask you two questions just to dig a bit deeper into that because yeah. i think the first thing that probably will have scared half the listeners uh listening to this that two of you in the business husband and wife in the business for you know for, to take one of you out of the business for four weeks for most people is scary mm -hmm. to take two people together out of the business would be horrifying mm -hmm. um is there anything you can share with the listeners of perhaps allaying those fears or something that they perhaps need to think about if they're in a similar situation? Well, we, we planned for it for 18 months. So it's not like we decided it, you know, one week and and then took off a month later. We, it, <laughs> it was a, it was a process that we worked towards for 18 months. Um, it was easier for me than it was my husband. Yeah, um, I, I caught him looking at his email. And so when I, I say we stepped away, we disconnected. I mean, I, the, I did not look at Facebook. I did not look at email. I was right. not connected with the business. Well done. Um, my husband, after about the first week, he totally disconnected, but he needed, he needed some proof that it was going to go okay. Yeah. Um, if you've got people that you trust and if you have prepared for them um, to be in those roles, then the, there is nothing but benefit from doing it um, yeah. because Great. what they learned and what we learned uh, and the ability then to focus our attention on growth when we came back, as opposed to getting, you know, pulled back into the day to day, um, it, it, it just created the dynamic within the team to allow us to move a, a huge step forward. Yeah. I mean, there's two things I realized. I mean, when I had my construction business, I'm going back a long way now, 20 years ago, you know, that was always my bulletproof test. You know, could I go away for four weeks in any business? And the first time I went away for three weeks, uh, you know, I came back and it was chaos. And I got to, I ended up doing three weeks worth of work before I went away and three weeks extra when I came back. And I thought, well, what, how did all that fit into a three week vacation while I was away? But as I got better and better at doing that, you know, and I've always had a coach to help me with that. Uh, one of the things I found was that the business actually did better when I wasn't there. And I go back and people in the office would say, oh, what have you come back for? <laughs> uh, and the reason I mention that is that for many of us, that feels like a dream that's too far away. And, you know, you've echoed that just, just there as well, the benefits of it. But the second sort of question I want to ask you on that is it can be quite destructive to our own egos. You know, as the leaders in the business, as the entrepreneurs, we like to be significant. Tony Robbins talks about that need, human need for significance. And whilst we've got all the other things being met in our lives, for some, significance is such a thing that gets damaged when we're away from a business like that because you come back and it's not all about you. It's about them. Mm -hmm. 
yeah. how have and it sounds like your husband probably just was a little bit struggling with that like I was when I first did that what would you say to people that perhaps feel the need to be the most significant person in the business and and how would you explain that they need to get rid of that well I think it, it is a challenge and um and it's it is our ego I think that um mm wants to see us in that way it if you can realize that your employees have that same need to feel significant if you won't do it for yourself do it for them you know and um that's, they that's absolutely essential yeah i think that's that's the point right there isn't it you've got to think about them yeah because so so oftentimes we think we're we think what we're doing is for them. And in reality, what we're doing uh, by doing things for them or by um, being so available or, or whatever is, is really not building them up. And so if you really think about it from the standpoint of being able to allow them to experience the growth that they're going to experience, um, maybe just get out of your own way a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a great insight. And, you know, that's so important for people to realize that they've got to think about other people than themselves in the business. And yeah, we, every single person in that need in that business has a need for significance of some, some point, some element of that. Right. Right. So be before we go on to the, the next question of um, a lesson or a tip that you can share with the listeners today, that they can do something with, how can people, connect with you have you got something that people can perhaps access is there some way that people can find out more is there some content you can share what's what's the best way for people to find out more about cindy and, and bookskeep well our website is bookskeep.com and we have a blog there that um, i've been writing for for four or five years so uh, lots of content about um profit first and um and particularly geared towards e-commerce um, uh, accounting and yep. e-commerce businesses. So if uh, you're in that space, uh, I think we we get a lot of comments from people uh, in the UK uh, about um, our, our blog. So um, I okay. encourage people to look there. I also wrote the book and um, I've got it here behind me, but uh, let's see, can I hold it up? for you yeah. profit first for e-commerce sellers it's the first derivative book from uh, mike for um profit first wow. and so uh, that's kind of uh if you're serving e-commerce clients or if you are an e-commerce um business um i think that that would serve people to take a look Great. at that and, and where can they get their hands on the booking i, I know I've, I've got a couple of clients who perhaps would like to get their hands on that where can they go for that Amazon uh, is uh, it's available through Amazon across the world. Great. Because that's the one of the things I find, you know, we get things available through Amazon.co.uk and you can't get them when they're available through Amazon.com. So we're yeah. good. So available worldwide. Yeah. So check out the blog, check out Amazon and look for the book uh, profit first for e-commerce sellers, e-commerce sellers. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Great. And uh, yeah, definitely take a look at that blog. And I, I want to ask you a question. I'll ask it you know, on the recording because I think it's really important. Um, I, I send out a regular e-news. I would like to ask you if I can actually in one of the, I always like to share third party articles. Mm -hmm. uh, I share a lot of mics. 
would that be okay in one of the future newsletters to direct people to something in the blog? Would that be okay to, oh, to do that? Absolutely, I appreciate yeah. that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Um, I'm always looking for great content to share, and that would be a, a good thing to take a look at. Okay, yeah, thank you. So moving on to the the, the next question, if you could give the listeners something to, to take away as a tip or lesson, what, what do you want to share with the listeners today? I've been working a lot. Um, I've, I've been working on a new book and the chapter that I've been working on most recently is about values. And I just would encourage um, folks with businesses to spend the time that you need to on your values and to be sure that um, what your what your values represent for you are um, carried out in your organization and that you make them alive. Um, we, we use um, values in so many different ways. It's part of our hiring process. It's part of our monthly meetings. Um, we have uh, channels on our internal communications that center around some of our values. And I really think, you know, as you think about linchpin redundancy, as you think about clockworking your business and being able to remove yourself, so many of the things that you can't um, plan for can be um, taken off of your list of worries if you have solid values working in your business. So I know when when we start our businesses, we 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 get do the exercise of mission and vision and values, and we think, yeah. okay, I've done that now. I put it away. Um, just encourage people to keep those values alive and workable and and accessible to to your employees. Yeah, I, and I'm I'm intrigued what you said there as well about the hiring because you know I hear many businesses that spend so much money on psychometric profiling whether it's Myers-Briggs, disk profiling, all different ones. But for me, what you've just said there, start at first by looking at hiring people that match your values. That's the first profiling you should do, isn't it? You know, looking at your values. And I think you've shared something very important there for listeners to to take a look at their values because you should hire against those values every time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of we do two things in our process for hiring. One is I give the, um, our clients, I mean, our um, prospects uh, a list of six things and I ask them to put them in order. And uh-huh. as far as what's important in a business yeah. and one of the words is integrity. And if that doesn't come out in number one, then they're not a good fit for us. Yeah. Uh, I can't be an accounting firm that people can't trust, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. there's just something wrong there. And so um, it, I did have, I did hire one person who put it second, but she was uh, not from this country originally. And she had a different meaning for the word. And so yeah. when she explained her, her meaning for the word um, I'm like, okay, I, it, I had to ask the question a different way. Yeah. And yeah. Um, but that's just huge. And it's also important with that to line up with your clients as well. So um, once you've done that work, you can take a lot of headaches out of your business by just living, living against those values. And I I completely agree. And when you look at the clients that are paying you late, that are causing you hassle, Mm -hmm. but are falling your side every single time you look at your values and they don't match them. They're, they're out of align with your values, aren't they? Every single time. Every time, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and nothing I think, you can do can fix that. I no. mean, 
Just no. <laughs> you patch it up and you think, okay, next time it'll be better. And then you're back yeah. there again. Go back. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's amazing what you said there about ordering. You're the first person in all my years in business um, that has actually used that process of asking people to put into order those values. So you give them the values, and we'll just get this right so the listeners, because I think this is a great thing for them to take away. You give them the values. Six, did you say? Yeah, and, but no, let me correct you, because I, yeah. I, 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 that wasn't clear in the way I explained okay. it. I give them six words. Six um, words, yep. And um, one of the words is integrity. Yep. So, so it's integrity, service, quality. Um, <laughs> now let's see if I can get them. Sales, teamwork, yep. and um, profitability. Those are the six yep. words. Yep. And I ask them to put them in order with, uh, you know, the number one being the most important. Yep. And then I ask them to rank, to, to walk me through. And if they don't start with, well, integrity has to be first because if people can't trust your work, then, you know, of course your service yeah. is quality. And I ask them to walk me through that whole thought process. Great. And if integrity is not number one, then then we're yeah. not aligned. Great. What a great process. Yeah, love it. I think that's, that's an amazing process. That's what I'm <laughs> going to use over and over again. Thank you for sharing that. Sure. So moving on to the the, the last question. And again, I'm going to say for the listeners, you know, most of us are in some form of lockdown or restriction. So I'm going to ask the question slightly differently to what I would normally. If you were to have your next tea, your tropical tea, if you were to have that in a dream location, tell us where that dream location be and perhaps describe it so we can put ourselves in the picture with you there as well. <laughs> Well, at this point, I'm really missing my family's uh, annual trip to the um, to the to the beach, and we always go to um, to this little community called Oak Island, which is off the coast of North Carolina. And um, this year, our trip is planned for the first week of April, and we're waiting to see if we would get the vaccines to be able to go. So, mm. I would love to be sitting on the on the uh, veranda at the beach house, uh, having yeah. my tropical tea there. It's not a tropical location, but, um, but being there near the ocean, being near my family would be nice. Yeah. And I think sometimes it's, it's not just the location, it's who we have with us, isn't it? That's important. And, yeah, uh, for and sure. it's, it's great. yeah, I think, I, I think a lot of us will connect with that at the moment that we're, we're, we're distant from our families because of the reasons of the pandemic. So, yeah. Sounds great. Sounds ideal. And on a veranda as well. I've always wanted a veranda. My <laughs> wife and I, we we just one day we just want to buy a holiday home or buy a second home that has a veranda and we can have a swing on it and we can just sit there and watch the world go by. That that's our dream location. I'd love to be having a coffee on that veranda with you. <laughs> well, I'd like that too, Simon. We yeah. have a great conversation. <laughs> so you've given us some some great things to to take away, linchpin redundancy. Um Finding holes in the process through, through tr training and teaching other people to do it, I think is a great thing as well, because very often we perhaps wouldn't have found those holes if you hadn't have got your team to do that. Um, and we know we can go to Amazon, get that book Profit First for uh, e-commerce sellers. I think I've got the title right this time. Yeah, uh, and you've got your blog that people can go and take a look at. So just remind us of the website again for the blog. It's bookskeep.com, B-O-O-K-S-K-E-E-P.com. Great. And everyone, bring your values alive. Use the process that Cindy shared here for hiring, 
not only your recruits, but hiring your clients as well. Perhaps we should be asking our clients to do the same exercise. How, how interesting would that be? Yeah. And, you know, thank you enormously for giving up your time. Uh, I know it's the middle of your day. Thank you for giving up your time and sharing these amazing things with the listeners today. I really do appreciate it. It's been fun, Simon. Thank you for having me. And listeners, of course, you know, this is just one of the episodes, which is part of my mission to help businesses around the globe become more aware, better educated, and you know, talk about coffee, tea, whatever we're drinking as well. And I really look forward to having you on the next podcast. Bye for now. <laughs>